Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, you white guys, you're in trouble. I mean, everybody is kicking you in the you-know-whats from every angle now for being white, for being male, for being heterosexual, for looking at women, for asking women out, for being leaders, for being masculine, for showing masculine traits, for having testosterone, for having testicles, for having anything that that is tied to typical male behavior in the West. Being a gentleman, bad. Being a go-getter, bad. Fixing your own problems, bad. Everything's bad if it involves a white male. And we're going to look at some of the propaganda that Lockheed Martin made some of its white male executives go through recently and uh some of the things you see in here are going to absolutely stun you my friends and i don't mean that in a good way stick with us folks it's going to be a fun ride Lockheed Martin, which is the nation's largest defense contractor. Very important work they do at Lockheed Martin. Takes a lot of smart people to run Lockheed Martin. So what is Lockheed Martin doing to improve itself, to better itself? Because when you're great at something, you have to continually build yourself up, right? I mean, you have to continue to improve, to work hard. You can't be complacent. Well, (laughs) last year, and this is from the City Journal, uh, Christopher F. Rufo has found this out. uh, Just came out a couple days ago. Lockheed Martin Corporation, this again was last year, the nation's largest defense contractor sent white male executives to a three-day diversity training program aimed at deconstructing their white male culture racist men and their culture how evil and encouraging them to atone for their white privilege excuse me white male privilege Uh, this is according to documents that christopher rufo has indeed obtained 
Now, folks, to me, this sounds like a complete, uh, well, waste of time, energy, money, effort, and everything else. I don't get it. I, I do not get this fascination of corporations. I see where the left is coming from. This is brainwashing propaganda, tear the country down, tear and divide every group, divide us all, divide us by our sexuality, our skin color, our height, or every possible way they can parse and divide the population and the groups and pit those groups against each other. And believe me, after they're done with the white male culture, as they call it, the white male heterosexual culture, then the groups below, they will, the subgroups, then they'll start to pit those against each other. That's how communists gain power. This is about instilling communism in this country. This is about ingraining it and planting it and, and watering it and watching it grow and watching it destroy this country. That's what this is about. Now, this program was hosted on Zoom for 13 unlucky Lockheed employees. Uh, it was led by a diversity consulting firm. If you see some, some firm, right, or company that offers diversity training and you run a business, the best thing you can do is to take that number, that website, the contact, and, and throw it in the trash. Don't call them because it's going to be some type of left-wing BS Blah, 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 blah. Garbage. That will ultimately hurt your business. It's not going to train anybody to be any better or smarter. It's just going to teach everybody that they're either a victim or a victimizer. And there's no other option. Uh, very sad. Very sad what's happening. But the name of this diversity consulting firm is known as White Men as Full Diversity Partners. WMAFDP, whatever that is, which specializes in helping. They want to help you, help you help yourself to get over your damn white men, white male heterosexual culture. You're evil, don't you know, people? This is like a bad televangelist, a group of bad televangelists. But instead of imploring you to uh, read the Bible, accept the Lord, something like that, while giving them money, of course. It's about, again, destroying the fabric of the nation. See, we've moved so far away from race really matter, really mattering to most people, and they're just trying to undo. They're trying to undo all this. It's like someone has peeled an onion meticulously, and gotten rid of race as an important factor and gender and everything else. And now they're trying to put those pieces back and divide them. It's, it's painful to watch. And it's most painful because so many smart people run these corporations fall all over themselves to, to embrace this absolute garbage. And wait till you hear some of the garbage taught in this, uh, this seminar, I guess you would call it. Uh, da, 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 da. But anyway, this group, the white men as full diversity partners and bullshit artists, they specialize, so they say, in helping white males to awaken together. 
Hmm, awaken together. Sounds really cool, doesn't it? But it's uh, it's like an empty suit statement. It doesn't mean anything. The Lockheed employs all senior leaders in the company, and it goes through the 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 experience and names. I'm not going to waste your time with that. You can read it at uh, cityjournal.org slash Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin's woke industrial complex, or just Google or or search for Christopher Rufo, you'll find it. Uh, it's a hot topic right now. At the beginning of the program, the university trainers led a quote free association exercise. Boy, aren't those fun! Asking the Lockheed employees to list connotations for the term white men. The trainers wrote down, listen closely. You don't think this is about bashing white guys? Listen closely. The trainers, the runs, the ones running this dog and pony show, wrote down old, racist, privileged, anti-women, angry, Aryan nation, KKK, founding fathers, guns, guilty, and can't jump. See any racism there? You see any any negativity. And of course, notice how they start out with old and racist and anti-woman and angry Aryan nation, KKK founding fathers, guns. That's how they do it. it, It's a ever increasing amount of smear. And again, it's just because these are white men. It's their gender, their sexual orientation and their skin color apparently make them bad people. Just inherently and irrevocably flawed. They must be deconstructed and then rewired, reprogrammed. In other words, brainwashed. According to participants, these perceptions have led to assumptions about white men and diversity. With many employees believing that white men don't care about diversity, have a classical perspective on history and colonialism, and don't want to give away our power. Well, if anybody doesn't want to give get rid of their power, give it away, it's the left. Because all they seek is power. And that's, again, another leg of that spider crawling across America. The left is that's released, basically. Uh, the White Men is Full Diversity Partners team. Jim Morris, Mark Havens, and Michael Welp frame the purpose of the training session as providing a benefit for white men who embrace the diversity and inclusion philosophy. Now, what is, that's an odd way to put it, the diversity and inclusion philosophy. You know, whenever I've been in a position to hire anybody, I hired A people who applied typically. Funny how that works. And I would look at the resume of the application. I'd call them and I'd interview them if I thought they might might be a good fit. And I went from there. And in my time of hiring, I hired straight women, lesbians, black, Hispanic, uh, gay, straight, pretty much across the across the whole spectrum, any way you can can label people. I hate labeling people. And I did it based on nothing to do with their identity or sexuality or or gender or skin color or 
what kind of accent they had or how many left feet they had or anything else. It was their qualifications and how they came across an interview. Very simple. In response back to the story, in response to a prompt about what's in it for white men, their participants listed benefits such as I won't get replaced by someone who is a better full diversity partner. I will improve the brand image and reputation of white men. And I will have a less nagging sense of guilt that I am the problem. Why would anyone think, won't anyone to think that because of your color or gender or sexuality, you're the problem. Those are immutable characteristics. They are. I'm white. I'm a man. I'm attracted to women, so that makes me heterosexual. All those things are who I am. But they don't define me. Because I was white didn't make me great at one thing. It didn't. It wasn't the reason I failed at other jobs I tried in my life. Neither did what type of woman I'm attracted. That's all just garbage. You don't judge people on these things. In a set of related resources, White Men as Full Diversity Partners lays out its theory of privilege. The firm's founders, which are Welp and Bill Proudman. Proudman? How can you be into diversity? Your name is Proud and Man. You're proud you're a man, you heterosexual male oppressing bastard. You should fire yourself, Bill Proudman, and then you should make yourself take your own BS course over and over and over until you have groveled and apologized for being a proud man. How dare you have a last name that's so blatantly sexist? You sorry, sorry person, you. They have argued that white males must work hard to understand their white privilege, male privilege, and of course, heterosexual privilege. Let me tell you what heterosexual privilege. What is that? I, I don't know. I think I have it, A, because I'm heterosexual, but mostly because I can't dance well. I'm not much into theater or drama or singing out loud. And I like women. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much that's it. So that's that's my privilege is I can't dance, sing. I'm, I'm not a very expressive person in that way. So... What privilege do I have? You know how many job interviews I've had in my life? And this goes for anybody. Guess what? You have struck out more than you've got a hit. Far more. Most people can say that honestly. Yeah, I went to this many interviews in my life. I submitted this many resumes, this many applications. And the, the number of times you get called for an interview is low according to what you put out there, if you're trying to work and it's even lower for actually getting, getting a second interview. So, and even lower for getting employed. That's just the way it is. There's no real privilege there. This is all a lie. Uh, the firm's training programs are designed. So they say to assist white men in discovering the roots of white male culture and then ripping those roots out because roots are bad. See these anti-rootists that culture, according to Welp and Proudman consists of traits such as, and wait, do you hear these horrible things that white male culture 
involved is involved with. It, it's horrid. I can't even believe I'm going to going to have to admit that white males sometimes sometimes exhibit things like rugged individualism. Oh, horrible! You mean you think for yourself and you you strive and you fight for what you believe in and you work for what you want and you're proud to be an individual. You don't want to want to be a sheep in a herd or a cow in a herd. You don't want to be a goose uh, or a raven in a, a flock. I guess ravens are, are and crows are murders, right? I believe so. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know ravens are bigger than crows for whatever that matters. You know why ravens are bigger than crows? I just found this out, I think. Raven privilege. Again, how dare they? And they're just screwing the crows over because the crows are black. See how it works? Of course, the ravens are black too, but that's different somehow, some way. And someday I'll form a company to teach this to executives and make a lot of money doing it. Raven male heterosexual privilege, I'll call it. Uh, why couldn't I have thought of this when I was younger? Uh, rugged individual is bad. Having a can-do attitude. Oh, no, you can't have that. Oh, no, 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 no. When your boss gives you an assignment, you can't have the attitude of, man, that's going to be tough. Let me think. You can't go and think about it and go, yeah, I think I can do that. Yeah, that's it. That. You can't do that. No, that's bad. Hard work. <laughs> Racist. Operating from principles. You loathsome, loathsome, loathsome bastards. Principles? Really? God, you're such a white man. And striving towards success. Really? That's that's just I can't I don't know if I could continue. I'm so embarrassed that I've actually taken part in all of these. Uh, now, these are all, according to this training, brainwashing, propaganda. Uh, all these are superficially positive, but are devastating to women and minorities. How exactly? You know what I'd like to do to these idiots that form this company and go spewing this garbage I'd like to put them on a, on a uh, an airplane, fly over some islands, and have four other people with them that they don't know. Drop them off on the island and say, okay, we're going to give you a choice. We're going to give you two people who think like you, who are, are fully, fully in agreement with you on all your ideological issues. We can have these two stay with you to help you survive and get off the island eventually, or we can drop off this Navy SEAL and this, uh, this Green Beret. Now, warning, trigger warning, those two, the last two, they may actually believe in rugged individualism. They're going to believe they can they can have the can-do attitude and get you off. They're going to work hard. They're going to be have those core principles that are going to guide them. Which two do you want us to stick on this island with you? Which ones do you think will help your asses survive? I think they'd have a change of tune pretty quickly. Again, good principles are now being trashed. Have I ever mentioned that leftism, Marxism, take your pick, call it whatever, communism, socialism, is the most destructive and corrosive thing on the face of the earth. 
it literally destroys everything it touches. And right now, bastards like these are trying to pour it all over the United States of America. Because nothing, even in today's state, refutes the folly and idiocy and moral idiocy of leftism than the United States of America. At the Lockheed training, following the baseline exercises, the trainers proceeded with the hearts and minds portion of the session, deconstructing employees' white male privilege through a series of privilege statements, then working to rebuild their identities as agents of change. Oh, my goodness. You'll all get a gold star if you become an agent of change. That's right. Just leave your testicles in the jar after 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 the seminar is over, boys. Uh, the trainers provided the participants with a list of 156 white male privilege statements. Actually, just white privilege statements. 156. Really? Male privilege statements and heterosexual privilege statements. To read and discuss, including my culture teaches me to minimize the perspectives and powers of people of other races. See if you're white and male and heterosexual. You just hate black people and Hispanic people and Asian people. Anyone different than you, you hate. What a despicable accusation. What a despicable slur. Unbelievable. And they get paid to teach this bullshit. Literally, they probably get paid really well. Unbelievable. Uh, here's another one. I can commit acts of terrorism, violence, or crime and not have it attributed to my race. Yes, uh, maybe that's true. But typically, um, if someone yells Allah Akbar before running down a crowded street with a bus and running, mowing people down, and they screaming Ali Akbar the whole time, they're probably a Muslim. That's probably why people would identify that person who committed this act in the name of their religion, why they might make a connection there. Don't you think? That's right. You're not supposed to think. Just accept what your betters teach you. My earning potential is 15 to 33% higher than a woman's. You know, the fact of that matter is that study that these stats, they always put out there. It includes every job, every woman, every man, and women oftentimes will have babies. I know that's probably sexist of me to assume that women actually give birth. They're birthing people now. Okay. And those aren't breast, you sexist bastard pig. Those are a person's milk uh, depositories. Okay. That's how, that's how childish the discussion has become, folks. The fact is that women have babies. They take time off from work. They take extra time off after their six weeks of maternity leave. So they make less. The women are also more apt to take time off to spend with their children. So, so it, it's about choices individuals make. And they put all these stats together to make it look like women only make X percent of what men make. 
and it's for all different types of professions too. They kind of, it's a big mishmash and it, there's no statistical lo logic to it. It's just a study uh, meant to point, paint a picture that they want you to see. Women for the same job do get paid the same as men. Of course, there is experience. But basically, no company could, could have two people doing the same job. Same experience. Same everything. They're going to make the same money. People aren't stupid. There are lawyers. People will sue. My reproductive organs are not seen as the property of other men, the government, and or even strangers because of my gender. In other words, women can guess, kill their babies in the womb, have a doctor do it. It's called abortion, and it's, oh, it's a sacrament to the left, no matter how many innocent babies are killed. I am not asked to think about why I am straight. Actually, I have been asked that in a bar arguing with two, two women that uh, were, were very much lesbian. They were very good at being lesbians from the dress, the hair, the hairstyle. And you know what? We had a good time arguing with each other, debating. We bought each other drinks. We parted as friends. And we actually kept in touch for a while. This was back 93, 94, I guess. See, back then people could actually disagree passionately. But they could see each other's perspectives and actually respect each other. It wasn't just the shit show that political debate is becoming rapidly in this country today. Uh, I'm not asked to think about why I'm straight. I'm this straight. I don't know. I was four. I saw Barbie and I dream of Jeannie. And from that point forward, I was in love with women. And of course, that changes over the years, obviously. Uh, but uh, that's the way I am, the way I'm wired. Does it matter? Who really cares? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we be to the point that we don't care whether someone's straight or gay, bisexual, trisexual, this sexual, that sexual, pansexual, pot sexual, kitchen sexual, sexual wherever I can get it, sexual, whatever. Who cares? That's their business. Again, in the privacy of your own home, of course, you have to be discreet. <laughs> I can have friendships with or work around children without being accused of recruiting or molesting them. I generally ask, think, don't think most people get accused of that, unless you're with the Lincoln Project, but that's different. Uh, again, that's just, it's one of these stereotypes the left has painted the right with that we, we all think gay people are recruiting children. You know what? I'll tell you what I feel about gay people as parents. You have a child who needs a home. And if there's a, a stable gay couple, I don't have a problem with them adopting the child. Did I get that through diversity training or blah, 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 liberal training? No. It's an opinion I formed over the years. Because I've known uh, gay couples that were very good people. I would have no problem with them adopting a child. Although optimally, yes, I'm going to go with nature and say, yes, a stable, buried man and woman is the best option to adopt a child. Anybody who argues that is arguing with reality. Doesn't mean that a single person couldn't do the job. Doesn't mean that an older couple couldn't do the job. And doesn't mean a gay couple couldn't do the job. 
And no, I don't believe that it matters what race the parents and child are. If a black child needs a home and a white couple or an Asian couple, whatever, want to want to uh, adopt them, God bless them. Seriously. Uh, let me see how I am on time here. But again, this goes on and on with the uh, with the white white bashers. The white man is full diversity partners. The name of the the company and it does does this garbage. Very sad, folks. Lockheed Martin spending all kind of money uh, to do this, and basically, it's just a, a festival of smearing white men for being male, for being white, for being heterosexual. Any type of masculine behavior is toxic. Your toxic masculinity. Give me a break. It's it's called men behaving as men. So if you're if you're buddies with with guys and how guys go at each other, that's toxic. That's toxic masculinity. You might be hurting one of the men's feelings. <laughs> Encouraging people to do better. Encouraging your son to stand up for itself against bullies. Oh, horrible. It's uh. It's like they've looked at everything traditional about America and, and being a man or being a woman, and they absolutely just can't leave it alone. They have to absolutely reject it and destroy it. And uh, it's very sad. But this is going on at uh, not just Lockheed Martin. There have been other large corporations that have uh, entered into this garbage, folks. And I just had to get the information out. Uh, go read the resources I left you. Uh, Christopher Rufo, City Journal. There's a lot of important things he, he has uncovered and exposed. And frankly, if the mainstream media followed Christopher Rufo's example, this would be front page news. Uh, it would be on all the, all the CNN, MSNBC, blah, blah, blah. But of course, CNN is, is, Invested highly in leftism, pushing it, and MSNBS as well. MSNBS and CBS, ABC, not much better. Uh, even Fox, I haven't heard any of this on Fox. Very little, if anything. The problem with Fox is they'll 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 have an important subject, and then they'll spend maybe ninety seconds of actual time discussing it with anybody. Then they've got to move on to the next segment. I guess they fall for this lie that. Uh, no one has an attention span more than like two minutes. It, it's very sad. There's no depth, no real uh, meat to the topics and discussion. And people are left to their own devices. Uh, I think if they took a little more time and uh, went into these things with a little more depth, it would benefit everybody. And folks, that's it for me. I'm going to uh, going to cut this recording off. Tomorrow is Saturday. My niece will be over for a few days. I'm not sure if I'll do one tomorrow, uh, but I'll do one tomorrow or Sunday. Maybe both days. You never know. I will try my best to have a top five for you. And thank you for everything. Thank you for listening. To support thedailygator.com, the blog, or the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast, go to thedailygator.com, first post, PayPal button, easy as pie. The uh, blog on Anchor, same deal. Anchor.dughagan.com uh, is the basic website. Uh, 
you can access all the podcasts, all the episodes. This is episode 56, and you can certainly contribute there if you like. Spread them around. I want people to, to, to get part of the dialogue and to get the information. I want to do everything I can to fight the evil of leftism. Now, folks, the three great rules of life, never forget these. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And always, always, go Gators. And right now, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs are going, let's go Tampa Bay Lightning. Y'all have a good one. God bless. Talk to you when I talk at you. Bye. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I can't let you go yet. I've got, I feel like I'm cheating people by continually promising a top five and then not delivering. So here's the top five. Five things, five things never to do to a bartender or even at a bar. Just don't. Okay. The five biggest ones. There's more than five. Trust me. From the 30 years I was in this business. Number five. If you want to drink, drink. Unless you're going to actually drink your glass of ice water with a lemon, of course. Don't order it. This just gives the bartender more work. And then the, the glasses is going to sit there and make a big puddle in the bar at your table if you're taking it to a table. Okay. The fact is, the people, the idiots who say this business of drink more water, you'll drink, you'll get less, you'll get uh, less drunk, or you won't get drunk as fast. Yeah, the faster you drink, the faster you'll get drunk. And yeah, the water will make you go to the bathroom more. And basically, for for every alcoholic drink you have, like a twelve ounce beer, uh, ounce and a quarter of liquor, I think it's five ounces of wine. Every time you go pee. Yeah, the, that's like subtracting from your, your blood alcohol level. And you don't want to get too drunk, obviously. But unless you're going to actually drink the water, and especially don't be these people. I hate these people. Used to. I don't do the business anymore. But I always say to the people, hey, how y'all doing? What can I get you? Well, water with limit, of course. How would I know? I don't read minds. Actually, bartenders do read minds. And... uh that's why you'll never beat a really good bartender in a game of mind because we have bigger tools than you. That's right, lady. That's right, ladies. I just reference the size of my tool between my ears. The one you're supposed to care about, remember? Fakers. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it, ladies. So don't do the water with lemon, okay? Don't be pretentious about it. You can actually drink without having water with it. Number four, I guess it would be, if you're going to come from a table or order for, for several people, here's an idea. Have your order ready before you come up to the bar. Bartender could be busy trying to take care of things, take care of the service well, other things. They don't really have a lot of time for you to go, okay, uh, like give me vodka, like soda, lime, and what do you want? And then they start pointing, and there's a table of eight or nine people. And it's like, you know what, when you, you don't say it because you can't be rude, but get your list of drinks if you have to. And, and that's not the time when your the bartender's busy to start trying to order for eight or nine people. And you got to try to figure out what kind of wine she wants and what type of red wine do you have? Is it like, what, why? It's too much. Okay. If it's a slow bar. Bartenders have all kind of time. And we kind of dig that. 
but not when it's busy. You got to do your part to speed up the process because everyone else is suffering because you are an idiot in a table of idiots. Number three, and this is a big one. Number three, never snap your fingers or hit the bar. You know what? No matter how busy I am, I will take notice that you just did that and your ass will wait longer. I'm not a dog. I, for, when I first started bartending, went went out after work one night, and it was very busy. And I this this guy was lots of people trying to get drinks. This guy kept snapping his fingers at the bartender, and she stopped and she goes, "You know what? I'm not a dog. I'll get you when I get to you." And I was like, "Thank you," because it was so condescending and rude. Okay, don't be an asshole. That's the number one all in life. But don't be a jerk. When you're pounding on the bar, or especially never, ever, ever, ever do this. If they have a tip jar on the bar, don't pick it up and, and bang it. Don't do that. That's that's a no-no. No touch the money. I don't come to your house, touch your money. You don't touch my money, man, okay? You'll touch the money, that's a problem, okay, man? They're going to be a problem. You don't want that kind of problem. Don't mess with the income, folks. And these are very... Very, not very often these things happen. Number two, number two, uh, don't challenge the bartender. Don't give me the, uh, I remember several people have done this and, and the best way I've ever seen to handle it. And when I worked for Medieval Times, I ran the bar there and I got the bartender too. And there was, a, a he was a coon ass. He's a Cajun. LSU fan, but he was all right anyway, and he was he was one of the one of the few people that was such a joy to work with because he was on my level of bartending speed and and knowledge and everything and be able to multitask. He was a joy to work with because he was he was sharp like me. He was an alpha, if you will, like me. Of course, he wasn't as good as me, close, but no, because ego. <laughs> but I remember. Uh, this this couple came up and they ordered she ordered like a glass of wine he ordered a shot what is a, a a bourbon and bourbon and coke and because nothing says you're a really good drinker better than ruining good bourbon with coke but ordered this bourbon and coke and an extra shot on the side now at this place medieval times we didn't put a shot in a shot glass. We just, we free poured like actual bartenders do. If you're not free pouring, you're not bartending. Okay. That's one thing corporate chains have ruined and killed about bartending. They don't trust anybody. Everyone's a thief. You must have a, uh, use the, use the, uh, jigger and pour it. It's slow. It's messy. It looks amateurish. It is amateurish and it ruins any fun of bartending. Being able to sling liquor is, the biggest factor, frankly, if you can't pour a shot, your ass don't be long behind a bar. And if you're deliberately pouring more, or pouring more then you're a thief. But look, he orders extra shots. So we had these short little rocks glasses. Boom. Pour is at there. We poured a, a basic four count ounce and a half. And for me, the way I counted when I free poured, it was a quick four count was an ounce and quarter. Just a hair more was ounce and a half. So he gets his bourbon and Coke on the rocks, 
of course. Then he gets the little rice glass on the side with the extra shot. That's not a shot, man. I said, I said yeah, it's ounce and a half. That's what we pour. He goes, I'm a bartender, man. Can't scam me. So, okay, fine. For this purpose, we had at the bar actual shot glasses. Put the shot glass down. I took the, the glass, started pouring it in the shot glass. And, oh, it reached the top. It overflowed. And I said, man, you, man, I am so sorry. You're right. And gave him the shot glass. And if his face was like, uh, I was very polite. I did what he asked. I proved that that he was, you know, didn't get, quote, a shot. I said, there you go, brother. And he didn't know what to say. And in a very dignified way, I guess I showed him what an asshole he was. I picked that up that up from the Cajun I used to work with. I'm not going to give his name. You might know him. He's fairly infamous in some states, I think. Uh, but don't do that. <clears throat> don't challenge me. Uh, don't don't do that. You're going to lose every time. Trust me. Trust me. You will lose every time. But number one. Tip, tip, tip. You want to get your drink faster the second round? Tip. You want to take longer to get your drink? Don't tip. And the busier the bar is, the more this rule applies. I got a lot of people. Hell, I've worked bars. You got four bartenders who are, are really fast bartenders, and they're, they're kicking ass for, for you know hours. You think we don't have other people we can wait on? You don't think we can see you and make you wait because no matter how many times you snapped your fingers or pounded on the bar or yelled, hey, you, it still didn't matter because, well, you didn't tip. And here's another, another little hint there. Nothing really impresses the ladies like when you're the stud that orders the table of eight eight hot chicks you're going to try to score with them you're going to strike out eight times because you're a douche because you don't tip but to do this to buy them all a shot of what's your most expensive tequila man now the last place i worked we had a bottle that was basically about 56 bucks a shot it was a very expensive tequila so most people didn't indulge but most bars don't have that that high level so Typical, like a, a piano bar this was at, high volume. It was like, I don't know what it was, uh, Quervo Gold or something. It was better than that. It might have been 1800 But anyway, don't come up, order eight shots of your most expensive tequila, and then tip a dollar on your credit card because you're really going to impress the ladies that way. They're going to see you as a cheap asshole. Another quick story. Man and woman come in. This was at the, the piano bar back in Dallas. It's kind of getting to the end of the night. It's like one in the morning. And she orders a drink. He orders a drink. They pay. And uh, my bartender buddy he gets the gives him, gets the money. Get no tip, no change. Right, The guy stuffs all his pocket. And his date, the woman kind of. I was kind of observing because it was slow and I kind of looked and he, he kind of shrugged his shoulders and said something to her. And she was 
like kind of turned her head and looked as he went to the restroom. And when the other bartender came to put the money in and ring it up, I said, Hey, what was that about, man? I, I, what was up with that? It, it looked, he goes, well, man, he didn't tip. And then he, he told his girlfriend that he doesn't tip bartenders. I said, really? Okay. So I went down and was, I start a conversation with her. Hey, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. He goes, was, uh, on a, on a, on a date. It's like a first date, you know? And, so you ever been here before? Just small talk. And uh, she goes, tell your, tell your buddy there. She got like a $5 bill and gave it to me. She said, here, tell your buddy there. I'm sorry. A guy I'm to date with doesn't tip bartenders or something. I said, well, really? I said, so you said you're on your first date? She goes, yeah. I said, let me guess. There won't be a second, will there? She goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> and the guy was just coming up. And she said, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't date people who don't tip. It was kind of funny because he came up and kind of like, uh, looked at her, her and I having a conversation, like I was doing something wrong. Uh, just an arrogant ass, arrogant, arrogant ass. And of course, uh, I managed to kind of turn and walk away and do something else before he sat down and have had a chance to ask me for a drink because I'd gotten her, a second glass of wine in the process. She kind of guzzled the first. And I took care of her. And she tipped me like like five bucks for a glass of wine. And uh, I made sure as I turned and walked away to say, hey, thank you very much. And threw the five dollar bill in the tip jar. And he was like, just looking down and kind of watching me. He was, it was just funny to watch him expose himself for total jerk. But those are five things don't do at a bar. And there's many others. Like, don't ask the bartender, especially a busy bartender. What do you make good? Or can you make a a good Bloody Mary? Or can you make the... Look, if it's if I have the time, yes, I will take the time, extra time to talk to you and tell you, yeah, sure, I can do that. But we know how the best, best Bloody Mary makes. I'm honest. Never amazed, never failed to amaze me how many people would ask you a question and you'd say, to be really honest, we don't have a lot of really good, you know, craft beers, they microbrews, whatever. Uh, and you would, you would tell them and you might push them in a different direction, but you could tell they appreciated the honesty. I'm not going to lie to you. I gain nothing by lying to you. Uh, it gains me nothing. I want to see people drink something they like. And if I work at a bar that hardly ever makes a Bloody Mary, we've got a bot, you know, a few bottles of Mr. and Mrs. T's Bloody Mary mix. So we got some vodka and we got some salt. We can put them on a rim of a pint glass, put the ice in and put the vodka and Bloody Mary mix in there and squeeze the lime. That's about it. I don't have a really good Bloody Mary mix. We don't make our own anything like that. I'm going to be honest with you. Why would I lie? Why would I lie? My job isn't to lie to you. It's to make you happy, take care of you, and help you have a, a better day. And that's it, folks. Five things not to do with a bar ever, 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 ever. Trust me. Trust me. 30 years of experience talking. Trust me, my friends. Anyway, again, I just wanted to add this as a little bonus. And again, God bless. Thank you all very much for listening. Spread the word around. I want more listeners. I'm greedy like that. I'm greedy. Maybe one day I'll get to be on uh, the Gutfeld Show. That's my goal now, is to be a guest on the Gutfeld Show uh, with Greg Gutfeld, who has a very similar 
Okay, let's be honest. I think Greg Gutfield secretly has listened to me and read my blog and tries to be like me. I'll be honest. But very sarcastic, very kind of off, off the off the kilt uh, suit humor sometimes. But I want to be a guest uh, when in Emily Compagno and Katie Pavlich are both. And I want to sit between them. That would be my goal in life. I will have made it if I get to sit between those two, two beautiful women, two beautiful conservative women, even though they're both married. Okay. But it would be nice. It would be cool to meet them both and to meet Greg Gutfeld and uh, Tyrus. He's a pretty cool guy too. Great show, Gutfeld. And I don't know how much input he has into the content. I'm feeling he has a lot because it's really entertaining show. And really, I'll be honest, so much more entertaining than any other show on Fox. And really, it should probably be on earlier. But uh, good job he does there. Good job, Gutfeld. Good job. You're a good guy. Quit copying me, you little thief. Thank you, my friends, again, for listening. Take care. We will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. God bless. Y'all take care.